We're back. Yep. We're still back. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and recycle that we're, joke. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're always back. Always. We're always here. Always. We're always here for each other. Right. And everybody else just listens in. Yeah. That's, yeah. How lucky. Um, I guess it's it's their lucky opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the air quote sound. Yep. <laughs> um, Patented. Can we make that a thing? Yeah, that would be. I don't know how to. Yeah, that'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, let's jump into it. So this mm-hmm. week we have Bo Counts, yeah. who owns Pinpoint. He's on later with Jason Sewell. Mm-hmm. He's on Facebook chat quite a bit, like talking about stuff around the community. Yeah. Um, he's just very interactive in what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to get to chat with him about kind of like how he persists through. Yeah. Like, I-, I think that's a good word to describe it because mm-hmm. there are a lot of challenges in pulling these kinds of events together and you know, some things get better responses than others and some things kind of blow up and do really well and other things may sit on a back burner. And I think you have to have a lot of like internal grit to continue forward and a real passion for what you do. And that definitely exudes out of this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. You know, he owns Pinpoint and it's a bar that's already a a unique concept, but definitely has been hit by the circumstances of this year, right? And so he's been very proactive in thinking through solutions to that problem or how he's going to do it. And he's also always done this big Halloween party every mm-hmm. single year, right? Yep. Like it's kind of yep. one of the, I, I would argue one of the first things I think he was really known for, you know, um, in my opinion, it, it could be other stuff. But uh, <laughs> so what he's decided to do is turn Pinpoint into a month long pop-up Halloween themed bar. Yeah. And like, it'll have different sections. He talks about it towards the end of the the episode of the interview, I think, Um Funny story, we interviewed him twice. Yes. <laughs> so good, we had to do it twice. Yes. Um, it, we talked about it. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty the first time. One of the first times in a really long time um, that we've had to circle back for something. Yeah. But worth it. Uh, <laughs> so somewhere mm-hmm. in here, you know, he talks about what he's doing, but he kind of like sections off parts of the bar. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're safely kind of separated from other people. But the cool thing about it is that you get a different experience every time you go. Yes. Because you should be like in a different theme, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that's super, super cool. Um, I will tell you, don't drink. Haven't been to a bar this year mm-hmm. for sure at all. But um, I like Pinpoint. It's one of the one. It's one of the few I'll actually go to when people are in town or whatever. But I'm definitely gonna go this month. Like I just have to check it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Like um, so I think it'll be cool to see. I'll have to find some people, I guess, to go with me that I feel safe with. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go and then not drink it. Well, he did say he has good mocktails though, so maybe I'll just That's go right. like, check he out did... the entire kind of like mocktail menu. Mm-hmm. Are you I... smirking at me saying mocktails? No, I'm just thinking like I'm. I see you smirking. <laughs> so what? It's uh, I, I would ha- also have a mocktail. So I oh, feel you. We could go yes. have mocktails together. Yeah, we should. Yeah, <laughs> we could drink mocktail shots off each other's bellies. That would no. Mm. Was that too far? <laughs> I quit. <laughs> um, yeah. They would get kick us out. So <laughs> anyway, this episode I let run a little long yeah. because there really just wasn't a spot to cut. Kind of, no. I, I actually did cut some out, unbelievably, mm-hmm. but it it was it was difficult to find a spot because the conversation really just um had a very thematic element to uh-huh. it the entire time, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. So we'll try to keep the intro a little bit shorter, but I do want to say that we are members of the voice press. So go to the voice mm-hmm. and you can find other awesome um, 
independently produced, finely curated podcast there. So uh, voicepress.com, we just added um, a a new show to the network as well not that long ago, Greggy's Fit Dad Podcast. Definitely check that Mm -hmm. out as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think without further ado, enjoy. feel like that's Arnold Schwarzenegger's arm, but it looks oh, like an over-the-top poster. No, it's from Predator. It's when uh, oh, when okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> goes, Dylan, you son of a bee. And he goes, they got you pushing too many pencils. They've been it. And then they do this big like handshake, and it's all biceps. Yes. And then this guy did a painting of it, and uh, it's beautiful. It's so, uh, I had the right poster. actor's arm, which is pretty good considering <laughs> it's literally bicep to forearm yeah. and hand. Yeah. Well, good. But I couldn't, I couldn't land the scene. And to be fair, mm. that's probably not the only time that's happened on camera. <laughs> I mean, true, but that's that's a quintessential bicep handshake. I mean, that's that it, one's it really, one for it, the yeah, one it. for the ages. We'll have to get a photo true. of that and put it on the website mm-hmm. so people know what we're, we're talking have to watch about. The that's movie. It. We can do some yeah. we can yeah. do some carefully curated photographs. Yes. we haven't been out yeah. in public in so long. Yeah, yeah, we've got the the house lights on. I'll turn the studio lights on later, and you'll you'll mm-hmm. it'll really get moody. Oh set yeah, the, yeah, set the mood. That's right. Ambiance. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to be awkward, but I feel. Like um, and. we should. We've done this before, uh, <laughs> so here we nope. are again for round two. Hey, you know it happens, and yeah, yeah. We had good. talked about last week, and it uh, we we had a, we had a technical difficulty, yes. and yes. so it was like okay, well, we have to do round two. But the good news is, I didn't want to end that conversation. So no. oh man, this is a weird like because mm-hmm. I told you I was like I, I just want to keep talking to you and, and like do another one. Yep, and you're like sure, no problem. We can just do that Monday. Or two or whatever yeah. day or we can whatever is now. any yeah. day. <laughs> and Wednesday, they're all one we'll long do Thursday, day. we'll do mm-hmm. Friday. Okay, we'll be here tomorrow. Can we just call this the 2020 podcast? It all just rolls together. Like we'll just, <laughs> it'll just be the three of us. There's no fires here though. It's not oh, none. Yeah, nothing's burning. We'll try and put them out, but yeah. with yeah. words. Yeah. Aww. And you were yeah. kind enough to invite us to your studio mm-hmm. yeah. for your, your podcast studio. So. I kind of feel like we're guesting on your show, but like Not we at still all. have to. I'm on your show. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, Feels I, good. Yeah. It's just with my equipment and I'm recording it. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, whatever. It's making odd. all the decisions, yeah. but you it's know. It's like a second date. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I am going to say what I said yeah. before. So, you very much are the person I want to be when I grow up, oh, even geez. though I'm pretty sure I'm older than you. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Verbatim. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, last time he pointed out I was older, I just thought I would jump to the well, punchline first. Getting, oh, yeah, I see. How many to But, uh, no, like everything you do, I'm just like, man, I wish I thought of that, or I wish I had the guts to do that. But let's start with who you are and and how you identify yourself today, I guess. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. before we get into that, like the secret was in you the whole time, Daniel. Oh, like, it was oh. in this thing. The magic was in you. Um, no, so anyway, uh, I'm Bo Count. I'm kind of a serial, I don't even like to say entrepreneurial because that, that it's some sort of deno- denotation of making money. Uh, but I'm a serial creator and dreamer and uh, doer of things. Um, I kind of like to consider myself a modern day renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've always just been one of those people that, that I hate hearing people talk about things that they shoulda, coulda, woulda. 
And I'm like, well, do it or let's let's try it. I mean, like this podcast studio that we're sitting in right now is literally the product of if I hear one more person tell me how they want to start a podcast, I'm going to scream. And <laughs> instead of asking me how to help them start a podcast, it's like, we'll come up to my studio and we'll record your first episode. And they're like, well, uh, 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 uh. And it's like, dude, follow through, yeah. follow through or never talk to me about it ever again. <laughs> and uh, and so, you know, said with kindness and love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Smiling the whole time. Yeah. Smiling the whole time because I'm a believer in amazing ideas. But people that, you know, I think I, rarely will I praise Steve Job for any of his psychopathic behavior. But the one thing that always stuck with me because I read his book and one of the things that really stuck with me about his philosophy of things is he said that, you know, one of his greatest skill sets was the ability to shoot down good ideas. Mm. And, you know, a lot of people that, that don't know me very well will and, and maybe get the the privilege to hear one of my tangents will be man you're so negative why are you always so negative and it's like no I f listen to what I'm saying I'm not trying to be negative it's just sometimes you have to shut down some good ideas to make the most positive of outcomes and because you can waste so much energy chasing amazing ideas that if you just don't if you think about them long enough you're like you know what that's going to be a huge waste of my time. Mm -hmm. So let's not even bother with that let's focus on the things we can do. So well yeah. there's a lot of amazing ideas right and oh, I think oh, some yeah. of paring yeah, down is where's my skill set going to shine the most yeah like right like what's the thing where you're gonna have the energy to carry it through i i, I think we talked about this before and aaron and i have talked about it a lot mm -hmm. part of the reason we do this show is because we knew we were passionate about the subject matter regardless right it would have mm -hmm. been right. if it was a gardening show i'm not gonna cares right like just looking for the thing that i Today think would on sell look what i grew <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> Got a license for it. <laughs> we, we have thought about doing the murder podcast version where it's look, look what I, I did slew. ellipsis. So it's oh. just like, look what I did. Dot, 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 dot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just change the punctuation. Totally change the show. Yeah. It's a, a period oh, yeah. is way different. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, did I do that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, the cool thing is, is this is, I, I mean, you guys probably aren't getting rich off of this. I mean, it's a podcast, right? Let's, right, let's be right. real with the audience. It is not our sole source of income. <laughs> Thank God we're employed. <laughs> or or a source of income. I've told it you pays know. for itself. Yeah. And that in it alone is a miracle. Yeah. It's, a yeah. <laughs> it's a B source of income. Not sustainable a of income, sustainable yeah. hobbies. Yeah. yeah. Sus yeah. You Heck know, yeah. that's what I tell people about a lot of my things. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, they'll, people will ask, ask me they go well why do you do it if you're not making money and I was like well why do people do anything like right. why do you why do you do whatever stupid hobby you do like I don't come to your house and and tell you what to paint on driftwood like you just <laughs> do it and you know and, and it because it makes you yeah. feel good right and, uh -huh. and if some of our our hobbies get to be a little bit more grandiose and a little bit more involved and labor intensive but it doesn't mean that they're not simply products of love and passion and just because they get uh, consumed by a large masses outside of you know where we're creating these things you know everyone just automatically thinks that we're doing this to get to get rich right, and that's right. that's the absolute opposite reason to do stuff like this you, um yeah, yeah you're doing it for whatever you've defined success as right like i there is a personal fulfillment yeah. that i'm getting from whatever i'm putting my effort into and I need to define that early, be, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm going to feel much better about it. Mm -hmm. And then I just go after that. And Realistic expectations, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. And, well, I have pretty optimistic <laughs> expectations. Not going to lie. <laughs> I definitely, I'm a goal setter in that mm -hmm. sense of what's the stretch. Like if I wanted to get, in fact, I was talking to a friend when we first started the show and we were talking about like how many 
like what our goal of downloads were in the first year. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, so then take that and then ask yourself what you would do to get 10 times that number and then do those things. And that will help you achieve that. Yeah. That small, right. Cause you're not going to fully succeed at all that. No. So just set it way yeah. higher than listen, kids, you're not going to fully succeed at anything. Just get, <laughs> get comfortable with half success. Yeah. No, yeah. that's not my message. That's no. not my message. Um, <laughs> two half successes make one success. Yeah. You got it. It's Addition by subtraction. It's yes. just math. <laughs> I don't Perfect. Get it. <laughs> um, let's get back on track. So I feel, but I feel like you have a theme in what you do, and uh, or if I if I had to pick a theme, you like to. I don't want to say hospitality. I don't feel like that's right. But you're like an event. Um, you're like very event driven, making people like. happy. Yeah, it's kind of you know uh, that's kind of funny that that even came out of my mouth because a long time ago, you know, when I was going to college. I got three degrees that all are completely pointless. And, you know, I'm sitting there trying to chase the idea of what success is. You know, I'm in school like, oh, well, I want my parents, my grandparents to be proud of me for this job. I'm going to, you know, work hard. I'm going to get this education and then I'm going to get a job and I'm going to have insurance and, you know, yada, 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 yada. And once I started doing all that stuff, uh, you know, I was like, man, this, this is not, this sucks. Like I, I'm getting fat. I'm getting depressed. I think I might need a therapist. Like, you know, uh, I'm not happy. And then they're like, well, you know, what What are your goals? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm achieving some of these goals, but I'm still not happy. And then I had this kind of weird aha moment, as they call it in, you know, corporate America, um, of, you know, maybe my goal is to not achieve certain like, oh, I want to start this business or, oh, I want to get a promotion or, oh, I want to have health insurance, uh, you know, which is still a goal. Um, <laughs> but my goal became, I just want to be happy every day and I want to make other people happy. And I want the things I want daily happiness. And, and, and that shouldn't be a really big ask, but for some, for some reason, and I think this is true for a lot of people, it is a big ask, you know? And, and so I said, that's my goal. And long term, I just want to be happy every day. And so I started doing these these uh, sustainable hobbies and and finding out ways to make them a little bit more than sustainable and to see if those hobbies could sustain me and not just a hobby. And uh, it required a lot of work. And so what I found that I was really, really good at was entertaining folks, making them laugh, making them smile, knowing what they like, creating experiences and taking care of people, um, you know, and that could be as something as simple as, you know, um, recommending a movie, you know, and saying, Hey, I know you may not know this movie, but Hey, this is a movie. Oh, guess what? I have a radio show now that's about helping people figure out how movies work. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, or, uh, like with my, my, uh, events that I used to do is like, Oh, there's so much wonderful art around this, this town, this community, so many times people, but people don't know about it. Well, what do I do? Let me show them to show you this stuff. And then people are like, Oh, wow, that's so cool. Thank you for showing me this stuff. And then art amiss was born and I started a nonprofit where we're doing all these art shows and all these galleries and giving opportunities to artists and it just spurs from these things of like hey i'm kind of good at this let's do more of it and you know from the tv show later with jason sewell you know I, that was an idea that he kind of had and on a couple episodes in he i was invited to be a guest much like you guys invited me on your show mm -hmm. and everybody was like dude that was the best episode ever. You want to come back and like co-host this thing? And then, you know, eight seasons later, here we are. No and, uh, you know, it's just one of those things like I hate to sound stupid, but did you ever see that movie? Uh, yes, man. With Jim Carrey. Yep. I mean, that stuff's real, dude. Just <laughs> just saying yes. And cool things happen. It's amazing. No, I think making yourself available 
for opportunity, right? Where preparation meets opportunity is mm-hmm. where that magic happens. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Something you'd said earlier that I don't want to let pass by is I, I think for some people it's a big ask to uh, be happy or define what happy means. Yeah. Like was roughly what you said. Mm-hmm. And the thing that hit me is I think because we let other people define what happy should be, right? And oh. so I think the first question you almost have to ask yourself is what does truly make you happy big events would cause some people to pull their hair out right to pull all that together like it would just drain them sometimes you do it out of happiness though you know you just pull <laughs> well, it out you're like oh! I'm, I'm not saying we yeah. don't all go through those moments where we're like i love this podcast so much but i'm also going bald yeah. um no but i think for some people it would just like it would instill them with fear so i think it, there is something to say like step back for a minute and just take stock of what's around you and what what the thing i always kind of do actually is I'm not the most organized person in the world, so I'll mentally make a list of um, time flies by when I'm doing this and time really drags when I'm doing this. And the stuff on the left, which is the – I just drew in the air. But Mm -hmm. the stuff on the time flies side is the stuff that makes me happy. I enjoy, like, learning new stuff or I enjoy talking to people or, like, time really goes quickly there. Uh, Organizing my closet, not so much. I'm not super type A. I don't like taking notes, right? Like, those kinds of things. Um but I I think like when I thought about what makes me happy is I was having a work crisis myself. It was like, I really love learning stuff. I love talking to people and I love being an entertainer somewhere in that Venn diagram is this podcast, right? Like, and then it was born. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. I mean, how do I, how do I keep yeah. doing it? How right. do I, you know, cause there comes a point when in all of these passion projects, which I know you guys have pro- had to experience because I know I'm not the only one where, you know, it starts out as this great fun idea, but then all of a sudden it gets really hard. And maybe a week goes by where you just don't have the time for it or, you know, something stressful is going on in your life. And it's like, God, this is the last thing I want to think about right now. But the difference between people like us and people that sit there and have the idea for 10 years and never do it is even if it's hard and even if it sucks that week or even if you don't think you have time to it. You treat it with the respect that it deserves and you push through and you keep doing it and getting it done because it can't always be always fun, you know, and uh, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people when they they I get baffled at how it is we do these things is because it's also work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's because it's hard and it's not just like, hey, fun time. Oh, pinball must be so fun, Bo. You just must love pinballs. Like, do you know how hard <laughs> it is to keep these daggum things running all inexpensive. No. Um, you know, my life does not revolve around the 15 minutes of fun you just had, you know, and but that's the magic of of hospitality anyway right. is. You know, when when people tell me a lot, they go, well, stop worrying so much what other people think. And I go, it's literally my job to worry about what other people think. Like, I'm in the business of worrying about how you feel about this. And, you know, when you kind of open up people's eyes to, to being a creator, they're like, oh, okay, well, dang, you're right. Uh, I guess it does matter what people think. You go, absolutely. Uh, that's how societies are built. Um, but you have to find that balance between, you know, not kowtowing to something that you don't believe in and staying passionate to yourself and your product, but also, you know, doing something that people enjoy. And gosh, it's, it's hard when you break it down and pull the curtain back and look at the work. It's a super delicate balance, right? Like I I want to present something unique and different and special that people really respond to, but I need feedback and I need to, navigate that with some confidence but also with humility and understand that 
I might be making a bad decision and be able to be open to that. It's this bizarre. Um, I think we talked about it before with the F1 drivers, right? We're like, I'm the best in the world, but yeah. everybody around me is the best in the world. <laughs> and I like, I'm constantly worried they're going to defeat me. Right. Like, and you have to have that feeling, yeah, you yeah. know, otherwise you're just going to get lazy. And right. well, and something you said too, like, um, just push through. And I think like, know your weaknesses and how are you going to shore those up? Like for me, I, I'm an idea generator. I ideate a lot. I sometimes struggle with follow through. Um, and so I know like there's certain people that I can kind of pull in that will keep me talking about it and that talking will keep me excited. Right. So immediately it was like, Aaron podcast, do it. Cause on my own, please we keep wouldn't me in check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, but Aaron's what kept it afloat because we talked about it and we kept each other excited mm-hmm. by airing it and kind of having it out there. And if I hadn't had Aaron, I don't know. Right. I mean, I just don't know if it would have ever gotten out of a garage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but, um, Same. so you, you kind of mentioned the pinball bar pinpoint. Uh, yeah. yeah. One of my babies. I did know the name. I just wanted to let you say it, but, um, oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I really do. It's, it's really to us. Like we don't know what this you're talking is my about. friend. <laughs> How do you right. spell that? Name? Yeah. <laughs> when people, uh, I mentally was trying to figure out like, I was like, what's my segue here? No, but like, yeah. I love it because when people are in from out of town, I don't drink anymore. And so it's literally the only place I can think of where people say, let's go get a drink together. Mm. And there's something there for me to do mm-hmm. as well. Like it's not just sitting in a smoky room four feet away from each other. Absolutely. Because a cigarettes will kill you. Uh, and B, you know, everybody needs something to do. That's not just revolved around drinking alcohol, you know, um, the secret time, uh, reveal a little truth about the, about me. A lot of people, you know, you know, be, being somebody that's always in entertainment or always in the social, the, 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 I don't, I don't want to say the, 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 the social eye, but I guess here in the community, a lot of people know who I am. Right. Um, cause I'm on TV a lot and I'm, I own a bar and I'm on stage and I do all this stuff. Um, but a lot of people don't really know, know me super personally. Right. And, you know, for me, everybody just assumes that I love being the life of the party and I love having all the attention and I love just being, you know, the guy that's going out and constantly do, do, doing. But the, the, the reality of it is, is I get a lot of social anxiety in big groups. Um, and the way that I learned early on to handle that social anxiety is be in your charge, you know, <laughs> which is the most backwards yeah. approach to that. Probably what I should do is create these events that make me uncomfortable. That'll yes. show me. <laughs> and, and it, and it kind of did. So, you know, when, when, you know, I, I feel so much more comfortable being the center of the attention because I get to con- control and cr- create and craft the environment that's comfortable for me. And because I, 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 uh, am what's kind of known as a true empath. Like I can really get into the heads of people and know what they want. And so it makes me a really good entertainer and a really good host because I care about your feelings like they're my own. And because of that, that's kind of part of my social anxiety, but it also makes me a really good host. And because your good time is just as important to to me as my good time. And, um, you know, and that's allowed me to be really good at this industry. And so for pinpoint, 
when I was creating this bar, it's like, you know, I like going to bars and stuff, but man, sometimes I get really uncomfortable and I wish that there was something else I could do here when I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, uh, so uh, we talked about how your work is. I'm going to go over here now and stare at this wall. Right. Like, you know, but at pinpoint, you can be like, hey, so it was really lovely having the small talk. I'm going to go play pinball for a while. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can get out of those moments mm-hmm. uh, or you can be like, man, this Tinder date really isn't going anywhere. You want to play ski ball? Heck yeah, we want to go play ski ball. And then you and you're making out in the corner like it's magic yeah and you you know you can you you have these things that aren't just centered around getting drunk you know because that's honestly not that much fun uh but when you add all of these other conversation starters or awkwardness breakers Mm -hmm. it makes the environment really really fun and pinpoint was like a bob ross happy accident it never was supposed to be about pinball but because of you know things happen and going with the flow and saying yes to interesting new ideas uh the original concept was going to be called block 23 it was going to be like a basement bar with a you know we were going to have a kitchen and it was going to be food kind of a place to hang out and chill uh but the building's 102 years old and when we were remodeling the city ripped out whatever remnants of a kitchen was still in that building and they're like well you're gonna have to build a new one and i'm like okay 250 extra thousand dollars to sell seven dollar entrees that's never gonna work (laughs) so um yeah so we scrapped it and i was like well i've got 3800 square feet here that's too big for just a bar um what am i gonna do and i had been kind of a little bit hobby collecting pinballs at the time because my buddy Shay Mathis from Arcadia Retrocade, who I think you've had on the show. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, I was as I, you know, for years helping him, you know, keep his games running, and with my uh, my good buddy and kind of um, uh, partner in crime, John Munkus, re- repairing and restoring games, and I managed to amass about 10 pinball machines at the time i was like man why don't i just put these pinball machines down here and sat with a fellow uh, artist friend of mine sasha rayevsky i don't know if you've ever had him on the show have not um, but have heard a lot of good things yep. yeah local muralist and artist and we sat down over coffee and we're sitting there doodling in our sketchbooks and i'm like dude i gotta come up with something and i was like pinball blah, blah blah and we're just sitting there just bouncing ideas off and, and pinpoint struck me and then we were both doodling and we, the logo was right right there at onyx over on greg and uh and I was like, all right, this is it. We're going to do it. And, um, you know, I called a buddy of mine who bent neon and I was like, hey, man, can you make me a neon sign that looks like this? And he's like, yeah, OK. And <laughs> so also, cool that you have that friend. Yeah, I need yeah. better friends, Aaron. No, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just all just learn how to bend neon. We'll yeah. Be back OK. On talking I was like, uh, we yeah. can bring him on the show. I guess and I can be the guest. Or yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be a, a like like a silver dollar city where you're learning from this craftsman. Oh, man, sweet, now man. I want to learn how to bend neon. It's pretty cool. It's pretty All right, we're going to need cool, that person's yeah. information. We'll talk yeah. to him. It's like yeah. <laughs> a lot of lung work and blowing in tubes. And anyway, um, yeah, so it, we just kind of rolled with it, and it took over a year and a half to, res- you know, remodel that, that old building uh, next to Hugo's because mm-hmm. um, it had been abandoned and neglected and fell into derelict really bad. Um, and I thought, I th- honestly, I almost gave up twice. You know, I ran out of money. I mean, you know, everybody thinks that running a small business, you, you're laughing your way to, your, to the bank because you're running a small business. But, yeah. you know, in reality, when we opened Pinpoint on day one, I had $11. $11. Like, that's it. Like, in my personal account, in my business account, from the loan, I had $11. I was like, hope this works. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's one of those things that right now during the pandemic – you know, you get a lot of people that are just like, just hold on, you know, and oh, well, if 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 pen, you know, bars and restaurants, if everything closes, then, you know, the next idea will hopefully be a knockout. And it's like, look, 
you don't understand how much it took to get this one going. Yeah. You know, and not everybody gets to have three or four opportunities in their life where they spend their life savings creating something from the ground up. It's not like, and when somebody says, just hang on, the next thing will be better is that's the person that's only worked a nine to five working for someone else because they have no clue. You know, if they get fired from that job, well, I'll just go to the other cubicle in the other office that's identical to this, pushing the same papers. It's like, yeah, okay, there's a next one of those, but there's not a next, you know, small, independent, like, cool gourmet sandwich shop that you, you know, your whole family got behind, and it almost ruined a marriage, and you don't talk to your third son because of it, and, you know, there's all these weird well, stories. you don't have a spare heart and soul. Exactly. Like, right? Like, there's not there just, go. like, a backup wow. set of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> You poured it into the first one. That's exactly right. 100%. 100%. And so, you know, that's really interesting. Something that we actually didn't talk about the last time we were all chatting is the pandemic. Yeah. You know, and how that's... I don't know what you're talking about, by the way. Could you recap? Yeah. So there's this there's this flu thing going around. It would just be capping at this point because we didn't talk about it before. Yeah. I know. But, but, you know, it's, it's, it's no joke. I mean, I literally was on Facebook Live today accidentally for an hour. Um, you know, having a conversation with the people, people, I just got on there and I was like, let's talk. And then it turned into an hour long conversation with people about how businesses are struggling during this time. And, you know, kind of tying it into the theme of your podcast, you know, I'm just a guy that does all these things that says, yes, that works hard, that wants to see my community. Awesome. And, you know, people are like, well, how do we save these local businesses? How do we support them? And how is it that you're getting all this stuff done? It's like, well, you know what? I'm going to city council meetings. All you got to do is click it now. You don't have to be there, you know, and I'm volunteering my time on task forces. I'm helping write and shape laws. I'm not getting paid for it, but it's because it's important to me. And I'm giving that extra like hour a week Hmm. to this because it's important and I want to do it. And, you know, I think that that's something that's missing from a lot of people. They, they're waiting for permission or instructions on mm-hmm. how to do things when really it just takes a little bit of motivation and doing it. And, you know, I had this conversation with everyone and was talking about um, how do you support? Well, you know, uh, watching this video is barely like a part of the, 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 the solution. What you need to do is listen to this video and then go out and all those places that you're like, oh, I don't want to lose it. OK, my, my question to those people is when's the last time you were there? You know, when's the last time you paid five dollars to go get that sandwich from your favorite sandwich shop instead of paying thirty dollars to watch Mulan on Disney Plus, which you already pay twenty dollars a month to get anyway? You know, you just like I just can't really afford to eat out. And it's like you spent fifty seven dollars on Disney Plus this month and you can't afford to support a local business. That's a part of the problem, you know, and when those things go away, they don't come back because these people don't have an extra heart and soul laying around. And, you know, it goes right back into what you said. You know, Disney Plus has plenty of them because they've been harvesting them for years <laughs> in, in, in Kissimmee, St. Paul or wherever it's called. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's the, the you can't you can't I, I, I told this to Tom Walton once and he probably doesn't remember this because we used to be friends once upon a time. Uh, but, you know, now he's the king of, I don't know, his own universe. But I said, you can't add culture to your shopping cart online. You can't do it. And when it's gone, it's even harder to rebuild because cool things, cool societies, cool cultures, cool downtown, cool arts corridors and all this kind of stuff are built of cumulative years of passionate people, you know, making something great. It's you're grow you're planting seeds, watering them and growing them. And you can't just punch a seed in the ground and tomorrow expect, you know, amazing vegetables. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I feel like people are getting used to is just punching the seed in the ground and going, oh, 
a car came out and you're like no yeah also where do you garden Uh, (laughs) so there's so many things at play here i worked in retail for really like we both did yeah yeah and um so i've and you're in hospital i mean you're we're both still in this world and in i think slightly different like sides of it maybe a little bit but what i see is everybody is clamoring for your attention everybody's asking oh, for at all times five dollars or ten dollars or fifteen dollars and you're being pulled a million different directions and you want you like the idea of choice right internet gave us endless choice Ugh. and we like the idea of that but frankly i think people had an easier time shopping for clothes when they walked in it was like there's Dude. the red one or the yeah. blue one which now, one do you want right now like, we've got <laughs> lavender brownie flavored yeah. oreos and you're there, like who there are, needed this i believe uh Amazon has like 16,000 kinds of jelly. Think about that. Oh, my God. Like, what do you do? I don't wow. think we're ready for that much jelly. Well, right. So it has to be curated down. ready for that much jelly. <laughs> but if you look <laughs> up jalapeno jelly, so... you're like, okay, I guess yeah. I can get jalapeno jelly now. Um, I have like six kinds of honey at my house. Oh, dude, if there's 15,000 of... and you're pushing the limits with jalapeno, <laughs> we need to... Talk about other yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm not that creative, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I'm working on the fly here, Bo. I'm okay. on the fly. Um... I think the consumer slash patron is in a tough spot because everything looks good and everything's interesting. I think that we have a hard time giving up something for something else, right? So, like, we want to have Milan and we want to have Pinpoint, and and it's and we're putting them on the same level, yeah, of of expectations, you know. And that's another part of the problem is, you know, I think people don't realize that the the amount of effort. Like, let's not, I don't want to discredit Mulan, but we're going to keep using it as an example. This is a, it's a big, a huge, expensive effort by a lot of people. It employs a lot of people. Don't mm-hmm. steal your films. Pay for them. I'm not saying don't pay $30 for Mulan. But I'm saying, um, you know, things cost money and things are hard. And people have more resources than other people. So Buena Vista Home Entertainment is, if if they spent $150 million on Mulan, but they also made $650 trillion in profit off of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which was only like a tiny sliver of their empire. Like, I'm not, that'd be the, the equivalent of, you know, you dropping a nickel and going like, ah, do I want to turn around and pick that up? Nah. And, you know, I mean, that's that's really when you break down the percentages of it. I saw a guy do a really interesting thing with rice and he was calculating like one rice gran is like ten thousand dollars. Right. And he counted out. He's like, this is one hundred thousand dollars in rice. And he goes, this is how much money this thing costs. This is how much money a Lamborghini costs. This is how much money. This is how much money Jeff Bezos made last week. And he it was he had a wheelbarrow of rice and he counted every and showed the time lapse of him counting all this rice grains. That's crazy. That's what this one guy made in profit in a week. Yeah. And, you know, and you're like, okay, well, this guy could give a million. He goes, and he poked up like, that's, that's what giving a million away to this guy looks like is like, like trash, right? you know? And, and, and it's so hard to put that into uh, perspective, but we need to do that because we're consuming the products of these two individuals, like a, a person that owning a small clothing store down off the square, you know, is selling t-shirts just like amazon.com is, but in, in the, the price is almost the same for the consumer, right. but the consumer's not thinking like, 
that this t-shirt is going to mean night and day to this person and this is trash to this person. So, you know, I think it's just a little bit of education of people's worlds and their impacts of how they spend their money and, and kind of interact with their space is, is a really important conversation that people need to have. And, you know, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. (laughs) Well, and the tough love side of that too is also think about the, the, what you're offering the consumer as well, because, I think you can kind of get in a defensive, like, well, nobody's, you know, coming to my business. And I'm not saying this about you, but I think you do have to listen to the the consumers well and offer them oh, yeah. something that they are attracted to because there are plenty of bars that they're just kind of copying the thing that was down the street Oh yeah, before, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and they're like, well, how come nobody's coming to this thing? And it's like, well, you're not doing anything. Setting yourself apart. Different. Yeah, you're yeah. not really enticing the customer. Yeah. So I, I do think there's a fine line there, but it – we talked about this with uh, Netflix last time, right? Like there's just this endless list of choice and there's, and you kind of like fall into your channel of comfort, mm-hmm. right? Like what's suggested to you. Although I watched a Netflix a documentary about Netflix the other day and I learned something. How and I was like, that? Did you watch it on Netflix? I watched it on Amazon, which is more weird okay, that Netflix weird. doesn't have the, um, but it kind of made Excuse me, feel me while I sit on my couch and watch a Amazon Prime documentary about Netflix. I know it was so oh, bizarre. Yeah, and That's Blockbuster. Weird. Yes. Uh. But anyway, and we kind of talked about this. Like you almost there, you start to fall in like a channel of comfort, and you just like keep reinforcing. Um, I really like rom-coms, so that's what shows up in my list all the time, right? We need to have a and, talk, dude. Je- uh, jalapeno jelly and rom-coms. Like, I we need love to get rom-coms, you. <laughs> and I like Big Bang Theory. I'm, I finished the last season the other day with my daughter, and it's still an amazing oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like it? So you can what tell on saying? his face. <laughs> it's okay to say no, because I don't. <laughs> Honestly, I... Remember, ha- you're an empath. Think about how I feel I right know. now. <laughs> Think about how I feel, too. I hate it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I haven't watched enough no, of it to good. really... For- I, I know that a lot of yeah. people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Wesley Crusher, they hate him, right, it on is, the show? On the show, they give him a really, really okay, hard time. Yeah. Okay, uh, I remember that part. It is one of the yeah. greatest. The last five minutes of that show is just a perfect landing. It is done very well. Spoiler. So you're saying you only need to watch five minutes of that show? Well, I think you need some <laughs> idea of all of leading up to that. Otherwise, the five minutes wouldn't matter, right? Like it. So nerds in a house and Bazinga. and you have this really um, selfish guy who's just always been about himself. Blossom. And at the very end, he gives it. I give up. All right, I'm not going to convince you yeah, guys. Blossom. It doesn't matter. <laughs> blossom. I think of Joey Lawrence now. Oh, I, whoa, oh, whoa! I will what watch happened it. To I'll this watch show. it. One day. Yeah. I shouldn't try to defend Big Bang Theory no. anymore, but I'm going to no, die trying. I'm gonna I'll, die I'll watch trying. it. I will watch it one of these days. One of these days. More of it. I give up. Yeah. Did you think my brain had become ished potatoes and that I forgot to thank our patrons? Oh, no, I didn't. Mm. I just decided to hold it to the middle, the ish point. Oh, something to draw us in, right? Yeah. 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 Got to keep you coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so That's what we'll in, go with, in, yeah. In all seriousness, uh, mm. patreon.com forward slash look what I did. We have the best supporters here. Oh, um, you know, even in this episode, we talk about like the kind of those hobbies that just like are 
you put the the cash and the mm -hmm. right like they're not self-sustaining hobbies like you're just supporting a hobby um and because of patrons we are fortunate that this is a self-sustaining i wouldn't even call it a hobby at the like it's honestly an endeavor for us right but yeah. it's yeah self-sustaining um and it's because of these people that we're gonna thank now yeah so thank you saria chelsea shelly brian jennifer travis tyler jeremy Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Kathy, Holly, Cindy, Allison, and Brian. Thank you. I did that all in one breath. Wow. I think I'm kind of proud yeah, of that. It yeah, didn't even yeah. come off that way. You, you did very well. Well, yeah. I have like allergies right now. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> it's so like my like lung capacity is not super great, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I feel like I'm like breathing really heavy right now, but yeah. Um, no, I do want to say, uh, Thank you so much to our patrons. Mm -hmm. It really means the world to us. And you guys have stood by our side for over two years yeah. at this point. And um, I, I couldn't be more grateful. And you you can be a patron as well. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to special content. Um, sometimes goofy dances from Aaron. Um, I saw the Instagram post you made. That was. <laughs> I think you're going to reel people in there. That's a <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, well... The good Here news we is go. we didn't lose any Patreon members right, when we gave the right, dance right. video. And no one, no one had to go to the hospital for passing out from that. So <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. 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 Um, and this was the first time all year that we've actually gone somewhere yes. to talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, the way things worked out, we just kind of had to. And socially distant, totally safe. Um, Bo was a great mm -hmm. host in this case. And uh, so we, do, we have some photos for the website this time. Yeah. So... That's that's gonna be we have, uh, something to we go to lookwhereidid.net yes. and check out some photos of Bo's studio because we got to kind of see like mm -hmm. well we went to see where his podcast is produced right. which by the way um, he does do the podcast uh, Drive-In Speaker Box yes. so definitely take time to check that out as well because it's a great movie review podcast that's been going for a long time yep. like a really long time <laughs> great backlog to fall onto you know fall into uh, for yeah. sure if you have a road trip dude <laughs> you have content for the entire way to california and back yeah. probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so um back to mr bo counts something that we had talked about that really has stuck in my brain since the last time we talked is how do we, how do you insert discomfort into your daily routine mm -hmm. so that you're experiencing new, right? So we kind of joked about like the Netflix top 20 picks or something where like Bo would come in and like, here's 20 things I think you should see. Just if you live on the planet, 20 things you Check should watch. Check it out. Yeah. Um, and rotate through and next month it's somebody else. It's Aaron's top 20 picks. But uh, like when I search, um, places to eat, I kind of think of the same five things, right? Like yes. that, like I decide yes. between these five things. And so that became an interesting problem to me to crack. And I, you know, I'm not going to solve it, but definitely mull it over for a while. We're going to ask other people to solve it. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> will you come on the show and talk to me about solving this problem? But how do you insert discomfort into your daily routine? Because I think that's that's some of the solution here a little bit is well, getting people out of their norm. And I think mm. that the phrasing alone is a part of the problem. I think people have gotten so used to treating discomfort as discomfort and this quest for only comfort. 
and we need to try and figure out how to what, what, what like I know not necessarily our ancestors but even you know people older than me other generations that's me where they found yes <laughs> yeah, definitely Daniel but they like found a year apart <laughs> if that I mean yeah 10 years uh, what is it really 10 no it's not 10 years oh. I'm just trying to feel younger um but no finding comfort in the discomfort we have find- to solve this after the show right. we will we'll trade i yeah. will trade ids all right all um right. but i think that finding comfort in the discomfort and finding pleasure and not treating it like discomfort it's adventure it's it's seeking out um you know new experiences and, it, and it, new civilizations and uh, to yep. boldly go where <laughs> you haven't been yet i agree a hundred percent you yes. know and 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 yes. i think you know like there's one of the things, especially in hospitality, that, that I think people like me hear a lot when you're creating something new, people like go, well, is it going to be fun? Well, no, we're, we're, we're crafting, we're expertly crafting a bad time for you because we want to make sure that this sucks and we want to yeah. make sure that you hate it and you never want to come Didn't again. did they do those restaurants yeah. in New York for a while? <laughs> like people yeah. would just say yep. mean stuff to you all the yeah. time? And, and That'd be fun. You know, it, it blows my mind where right now to convince the average consumer to try something new, you, I mean, we're, we live in a, in a culture where reviews have reviews. You know, oh, yeah. where there's yeah. like thumbs up on was this review helpful? Well, this review got four thumbs up. And it's like, Dude. why are we reviewing reviews? Just try it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's this this safety net that people want to have where it's like, I feel like I have to get in a time machine, go into the future, find you enjoying this thing, document it, come back to the past and go, look, here's you enjoying it. I told you. And they go, okay, now I'll try it. And and yeah. what happened to that sense of trying out something that you've never had? You know, one of my favorite things to do is like if a new restaurant pops into town and everyone's like, well, is it good? I don't know. Let's find out. Well, oh gosh, what if it's bad? Well, if it's bad, then we'll probably have a hilarious story to tell about it. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be a fun memory. You know, I've always told people that, you know, even if you go to a restaurant and the service is horrible, you, you rarely do you, rem, you know, have all these hilarious mem- memories with your friends where you're like, you remember that time where we had a perfectly acceptable meal at this restaurant? No. You go, dude, we went to this one place and oh my <laughs> gosh, you know, and they go on this story that's hilarious and everyone laughs and talks about it for years and years from something that was terrible. But it, so it means it was still good. Uh, and, and and we need to find that again. We've the lost experience it. experience was good. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, and like subscription boxes, right? Like that's an experience that I'm getting, but it's a curated cheese every month. Like I almost want to do a subscription box where you just get something totally random every month. Just like this month cigars, this month beer, mm-hmm. this month like you yeah. might hate it. Well, it's like geocaching, but, but a subscription. Yeah, you never yeah. know what you're gonna get. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I mean, oh. geocache box. We need to make geocaching come back yeah, in some way where there's an experience at the end. Print. Also, while box. we're talking about ideas, I want to make the least successful pop up bar ever. Um, Water. It only has to last for like three days, Bo, and it's going to have to happen okay. at your place. Okay. We're going to call. I'm it- doing a pop up bar in October, so we'll, we should come back to that. Yes, we will. But we're going to call this one Farpoint, and it's just going to be a Star Trek pop up bar that you and Shay and I go to. I don't see it working. Sorry. Oh no. But like I said, it's only going to be a day or two, but we will have the Romulan ale Kool Aid, and we will have the- And as long as I can dress up as Quark behind the bar, I'm okay. I'm and, good with this. Yeah, there we go. And then we'll then everything will be paid with gold flesh latinum. You know, for, it would work for one day. <laughs> I don't know. Depends on how we sell it. We I mean, could, it would work for at least one day. I'm it would, just saying, yeah, like, definitely one day. Maybe it's a thing that just happens like once a year, but just once a year you can go to Quark's st- place, Quark's just, bar. Yeah, I have a T-shirt that uh, my 
co-host on the Drive-In Speaker Box gave me. It says Quark's Bar. And I'm pretty sure I have the the, the book to the Ferengi Rules of Acquisition over there somewhere. Um, which we're, we're digging through this. I, the, 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 the Ferengi were always one of my favorite characters in the Star Trek universe because they were the most loathsome, 100% accurate portrayal of humanity. And, <laughs> you know, and it was just like they put big ears on humans and you're like, these aliens are the absolute worst. Burn them and eradicate them from the planet. And you're like, actually, they're just humans. <laughs> they're just <And> us. They're <laughs> just us. That's what it does. But yeah, and you have a first series uh, phaser. phaser, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah we, got, oh, we got the toys. We got the. We can talk about this for too long. Um, pop up, pop, pop up, up bar. bar. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I'm doing a pop up bar again. Something that is completely reckless and irresponsible to be doing when I have a lack of time and funds. Um, but it's Halloween is coming right around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that that you're going to try and edit this and air it on Monday, uh, maybe with with two, all two uh, weeks. But yeah, two weeks. Yeah. So right, geez. So in two weeks, what's that? October. Perfect That's going to be, yeah, October 5th. No, 28th. It'll be right before we open up the, the pop-up bar, which will be that following weekend, first week in October. Yeah. Um, so what it is is Pinpoint will no longer be Pinpoint for the month of October. It will be Nightmare on Block Street. And, uh, you know, it's kind of taking a page out of everything that I learned from the haunted attraction industry when I was younger. I used to design haunted houses. And then I threw us for many, many years through a series of uh, Halloween parties, which, you know, I did last year at Pinpoint. And, you know, those events could have anywhere from 500 to at the biggest one was almost a thousand people. And obviously we can't gather like that anymore. But how do I capture that magic? How do I give, you know, the ultimate Halloween experience that people have come to expect from from me that have attended any of these events, but uh, make it safe, socially distant and and fit into 2020. And so this idea was born. It's like, okay, well, we do a pop up bar. So, you know, we have limited seating. I mean, I think right now we only have we can serve maybe 45, 50 guests at a time, which, you know, under normal pre-COVID uh, rules, we could do like 250 guests uh, in our in our space. But we, it's a seated thing. You know, you come in, somebody gives you a menu, you don't move, we bring it to you. But the whole bar is going to be transformed into this big Halloween. It's like drink, getting a cocktail at a haunted house. Sweet. And, you know, we'll have all Halloween-themed pinball machines. Uh, I've got enough of them to where I can do it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Very awesome. Yeah, I've got. Nobody like, gets yeah. to say that. Yeah, no. I've got enough Halloween pinball machines. We can make this work. <laughs> so no. I've literally never thought I'd hear that sentence. Yeah, I've got. Let's see. Let me see if I can name them. I got Phantom of the Opera, Elvira and the Party Monsters, Frankenstein, Adam's Family, Monster Bash, um, and uh, I know there's one more I'm thinking of, and I can't. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street, dude. Um, yeah, I've got all those Sweet. pinballs, so they'll, they'll be on display for people to play. Um, you know, probably spook up the ski ball a little bit, but mm-hmm. but every, there'll be different zones. So, you know, the patio is going to be all Ghostbusters. The ski, the back by the ski ball is going to be all the Sanderson sisters cabin. We're going to have, you know, wherever you go and get sat, hopefully it's a different experience every time. So mm-hmm. it'll make you want to come back and check it out since you won't be able to just like wander, wander around. around. Yeah. yeah. So, That's so a cool. good experience. You will talk about. Yeah, exactly. Road, right? It'll be, it'll yeah. be like Casa Bonita, but for Halloween, <laughs> you know, wow. cliff divers and everything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything it's such a i think that's what i love is that um sometimes i feel like just a place to go hang out Mm -hmm. is kind of slipping away like absolutely and that's what i think is great about uh arcadia retrocade like what shay did just to give my kids that gift Mm -hmm. of a place to go hang out that's safe it felt like their own without being their house yeah 
Um, 100%. And I think that's what Pinpoint does for me as an adult is gives me some of that space back. You know, like uh, we talked about this before growing up, Hastings was, you know, when Dude, I started Hastings. shopping at Hastings, it sold like a ton of miniatures for Warhammer oh, yeah. and had that tiny like sci-fi Wait, movie section. Dude. Did, do you play Warhammer? I don't. I play D and D. I don't play Warhammer, but oh, you can't see because there's a sound blanket <laughs> back over there. But there may or may not be a whole table full of Warhammer miniatures over there. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about playing, but it just seems like don't. such an expensive hobby. <laughs> it's a time thing. I think I've actually played Warhammer twice, um, but I've spent countless hours painting those daggum I mean, minis. So I paint board game minis, which is more sad. Because, Loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, I feel I left out. Time. So I feel like the loser. <laughs> I spent zero money on any of it, and it's just like, well, huh. Oh, how the tables have turned, where two guys are talking about the one guy that doesn't do this is like, well, man, I feel left out. I mean, you know, I was sort of curious about the Star Trek stuff, too. I would go to that, but now I really feel left out. Yeah, No, you can totally go to the Star Trek Well, I would, too. Pop-up like bar. It. I think it'd be awesome. It's, I'm going to be so happy mm-hmm. if this actually comes together at some point in my life. Cool. Um, but anyway, Hastings. Yeah, and- <laughs> but just having that spot where you could, like, it's sort of a weird mix of like kind of something to do, but not mm-hmm. really. It's more social than it is even like commerce. It's completely or, right? social. Like, Just like yeah. the mall where we used to work. Yeah, along. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how we met. We we talked about this a little bit last time we chatted, but, you know, we both worked as, you know, I guess we were, geez, teenagers at the time um, or. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> See, we've proved it. Um but you know, we we, we I was were a teenager at one point there. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we yeah, were both yeah. teenagers at yeah. some point in history. Um, which seems so even long Aaron ago. was once one yeah, time. Even longer Hard ago. to imagine. Yeah. I don't believe it. That was what? the seventies. Uh, <laughs> did they have malls then? I don't know what a mall is. <laughs> Starcourt, right from Stranger What's Things. A mall? <laughs> yeah, I flew but there. The thing about those spaces, it was you know, it was it was not just it was its own subculture. Yeah, and you know, yeah. when when you're only hanging out at your your house and say you're you're a teenager or something, it's still your parents' house. You've got your room or whatever. But mm-hmm. the the cool thing about these places is, even though they weren't yours. You felt welcomed by the culture and you could craft this kind of idea in your head of like, this is my space. This is my hangout. This is where I'm going where my parents aren't. This is where I can kind of sort of start to self-express in a way that is free and, you know, and and and, and free of judgment. And those places, I think, are going away and they're Internet oh, subreddits. Yeah. Nailed yep. a yep. thing I've been trying to put my finger on for probably a decade. It's a subculture. I could yep. not for the life of me figure out why these things worked and meant something. But Clunk Music Hall, oh, yeah. Hastings, uh, it, there was a coffee the mall. shop in the mall. the mall. There was a coffee shop in Fiesta Square yeah. that was like different than any oh, coffee yeah. shop what since I got What was that place? Um, I always want to say Jam and Java. That's definitely no. not it. Uh, but was it Java Straight? It Ooh, might have. That sounds very. Might have yes. been. It was it like in the was. Yeah, because yeah. it was like. You know, coffee shop around the corner was a Champions Gallery or whatever. Gallery which was of like Champions. The Gallery yeah. of Champions. And then yep. the movie theater. So it was like Nerd Central, right? Oh, like yeah. in that corner. Oh, yeah. Heaven. Um, <laughs> I hung out there every weekend. You know, like mm-hmm. every weekend I got taught how to play chess there. I discovered Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which I'm still not on board with, but uh, <laughs> you tried. <laughs> Life of Brian's good. Hey, I tried. I, yeah. I'm willing to be uncomfortable <laughs> for the Time experience. Bandits, those are all great. They're, they're all Time nice. Bandits is good. Yeah. But Monty Python and the Holy Grail, I felt robbed by the ending. No spoilers. No, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert! Movie that's oh, yeah. forty sorry, years sorry. old. Yeah. yeah, that's a. <laughs> but but you're right though. These subcultures, I think, 
were important in a way that, you know, when I, and, and maybe this is the curmudgeon old person in me talking that eventually every person goes, oh, those young whippersnappers don't know what we did in our day. But I feel, you know, because I stopped, I had this weird, you know, I've got a lot of weird philosophies about how the world works. And uh, it was about a decade ago that I was on this kind of campaign to where we need to eliminate the concept of generations. I think generations are lost now. And everyone's like, well, if you were born between this year and this year, you're gen blank. And I was like, that is so completely irrelevant these days mm-hmm. because I think our generations are now being defined on your ability to perceive information and your, um, I would say, uh, uh, adaptation of technology in your life. You know, because technology is really what's separating, um, you know, different generations. If you look at, say, well, what makes a a millennial different than a Gen Z? It's, well, some of us think TikTok is stupid. And, like, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with our age at that point. It's just, you know, this this adoption of certain things in our life. And, you know, these subcultures are our developmental tools like TikTok? unfortunately is a developmental tool that people are creating subcultures around this and this is how they're spending their days and their lives Mm -hmm. and um you know pointing spotlights on themselves and making a weird kind of narcissistic me show and what is that going to do for the development of the human race you know and and i think that that's that's a big you know one of my passions in in college was studying computer mediated communication and this was a pre-Facebook if I want to date myself here Um, but I was fascinated at the way that technology was going to shape and and the way that we communicate with one another and how those communication patterns shape how we evolve as a species and so I get really nerdy when I talk about this kind of crap but um, you know we have yet to even begin to see how this is going to affect us mentally as a developing you know uh human beings you know just look at how cell phones have changed us i think i'm seeing it my kids though Mm -hmm. right like the this so i i called this out uh probably with the advent of facebook Mm -hmm. it really struck me at some point as I'm curating a channel around myself, and then this is my audience friends list, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know most of them. It started out that I knew them, but then it kind of grew, and and there was mm-hmm. for a while like I've got seventy thousand followers on Facebook or whatever, right? Like you would have these people who was just like crazy following, and they oh, were yeah. like yeah. instant celebrities make or whatever. You, make you feel so insignificant, right? And it like <laughs> are it, you crying? It, no, not yet. <laughs> it predates. <sighs> Instagram's 37 million followers or mm-hmm. whatever you're getting on Twitter. Yeah. But you saw this like, um, I'm giving the highlight real reality show version of my life. It's not really, and it starts to warp our perception of what everyday life should be like. Oh yeah. And absolutely. what's attainable and what we should even be trying to attain. It starts to warp our sense of what's happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you have influencers, which is, um, excuse me, I gotta go throw up in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's not new. You've 70, had 70,000 likes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 80,000. This Jordan. bottle of vomit will be available on eBay uh, for all my Patreon users. On my Etsy. Is this yeah. what we have to do to get money for no. our podcast? Just People would pay us to not do it. So I think the, maybe. Maybe. Right. There's an option yeah. here. Um, yeah, send us $20 options. and we won't send you a t-shirt. That's right. We've got your address. I mean, we've got lots of people not getting them already. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I think you're. I think it very much impacts... 
it made celebrity feel immediate and attainable mm-hmm. to everybody in a way that I like far surpassed that kind of garage band era of the nineties where oh, yeah. everybody could start a band, it. everybody could yeah. get signed. Um, and, and really it was more attainable. And I think that Instagram fame is more attainable and I'm not saying don't do it mm-hmm. or try to do it. I think be mindful of the choices and sacrifices you are making. If that's something you were trying to trying to pursue, right? Yeah. It's, it, I'm in a weird spot as a dad with a podcast and the social media presence. And my kids are like, I want to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, I don't know if that's a good idea. You yeah. know, like, don't ruin like, your life yet. <laughs> kids. Yeah. Um, more from a sense of like, have a good idea of what you're trying to do and be able to navigate what interacting with an audience might become right. as mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a young woman or, or whatever. But um, at the same time, like in the same way, my parents were like, well, what are you going to do if your band doesn't get signed? Oh, it's people like you that make us not succeed. You know, like <laughs> 20 years, I'll like, start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mom. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah. See me now. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. Smash that like button. Mom. Mom. <laughs> Available on all podcast platforms. Um, What's a podcast? Here, let I me mean, show you how to broadcast. like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I think... I think we are we have not seen the full extent of what is going to occur because no. of this. I definitely mm. see how it has impacted um people even our age, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh definitely have seen how it's it is shaping the thought process of my children for sure, right? Oh, yeah. And I think they're friends yeah. as well. Go ahead and Aaron, yeah. The validation part yeah. of that. It's just like, well, if I didn't get this and that, I mean I catch myself doing it on certain things, but it's just like Where's this to be validated? You know, if I if this doesn't get this many likes, I know people that if it doesn't get like certain Instagram posts, if it doesn't get a hundred likes within the first hour, they delete it. Yeah, because it hurts, and I'm just like, but this is good. It's yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, you know, you but it, I still catch myself second. like checking my own things. Give it but, a second. You know, I think it's funny. That's the biggest thing to me. You know, oh, and, and that like, should oh, be that should be enough. You know, and yeah. that's honestly, if you look back at a lot of the biggest success stories in any sort of entertainment and celebrity, mm-hmm. it's people just doing it because they thought it was all, and eventually it caught on. You know, yeah. I, I used to listen to and read a lot of interviews with celebrity people, and they're like, "Well, I mean, just look at uh, Dave Chappelle. Everybody worships that guy." And he's like, "Well, I was mm-hmm. doing this since I was thirteen, yeah, and yeah. I didn't get yeah. famous till I was in my late twenties." Stan Lee, and uh, yeah, Stan Lee, yeah. and he never really got the accolades he deserved uh, for all of that work and you know again it goes back to that don't be afraid of failing don't be afraid of hard mm-hmm. work is what we started this whole conversation on yeah. is is you know you're gonna fail and the thing that scares me about the internet and how fast we've moved in such a very short amount of time goes back to those lavender brownie flavored Oreos that I was talking about is you know with the advent of internet in our pocket, and accessibility to the the entire wealth of knowledge that the human race has gathered in the past, you know, existence of recorded history at, you know, okay, Google, show me whatever. Mm-hmm. What that has done is it has given us so many options that we don't want to ignore, but we are starting to turn our relationships, our goals, our dreams, and, you know, and our just our small communities into commodities that Mm -hmm. we think that there's this infinite wealth supply of that we can just churn through and we still have to be very very careful to remember where there's boundaries of the intangible wealth of information that's on the planet on instagram and social media and what's right around us that that is important to keep our survival because the person that's got 37 million likes in la 
is not gonna be someone you probably ever see in your real life, you yeah. know. And but the guy that's downstairs selling, you know, uh, sneakers at Rock City Kicks from your office, that guy you can probably run into every day on the way to work and mm-hmm. support that guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that that's that that huge disconnect that being connected causes, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. but it's true. But yeah. and and I think there has been some positive pushback, right? I think my kids really love the idea of going and hanging out at the mall, which is crazy because there's a middle generation yeah. that missed it. It's getting cool again. Thanks, Stranger yeah. Things. A hundred percent. And even pre-Stranger Things, it was so foreign to them. Like for if you think about it for us, the ability to sit out on our couch in pajamas and order dog food was like the greatest miracle of all time, right? It was just yeah. like, how is this possible that I don't have to go do the thing I've done for yeah. twenty years? For my kids, it's the exact opposite. Everything is instant gratification. Everything is just what, you know, like I searched this, I bought it, it shows up at the house two days later. They actually are embracing the idea of kind of that casual, lazy discovery that I kind of feel like the mall was, right, or Hastings was. Um, So maybe some positivity there. And I think also I see a little bit of um, very much a glimmer of hope in this kind of the idea of like embracing uh, people who are creating uh, locally made soap or hammocks yeah. or mm-hmm. perfume trade right? skills, like, man. That's the new, that's the new it's super hip and it's, it's really like, and it's so important to local economy. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I've been saying this f- when I had my third degree and I realized it was a waste of money. And I was like, <laughs> dude, trade skills like are, are fantastic. You know, I taught myself how to solder and uh, do circuits and stuff. And, you know, now I've kind of helped almost build a business off of it. If I didn't know how to repair pinball machines and my buddy John didn't know how, Pinpoint wouldn't be alive because I wouldn't be able to afford it. Literally, there's repair, no one I can yeah. call. It's a broken down yeah. collection. There's yeah. no one I could call. And, uh, you know, just knowing these skills and knowing these things or you're not asking like, well, how did you learn? It's like, well, I thought it'd be cool. And I learned how to make my own soap. Right. Or I learned how to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, do all of that kind of stuff. Farmer's market, right? Like there's, Dude. I think, yeah. so we, we've definitely had a conversation about how it's important to keep that stuff uh, invested in so mm-hmm. that it can continue to thrive. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important to call out like there's a lot of cool stuff, right? That, that yeah. you should uh, take the time to experience because we do have pinpoint and the farmer's market and uh, Arcadia retrocade, right? We have all like so many really cool things. And one thing that we are super fortunate in Northwest Arkansas to have is just like a community that does mm-hmm. maybe not always the way we want it to be. And maybe not always on our terms, but there is an insane amount of love for local. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's support. a Northwest Arkansas thing. Yeah. We're super lucky, yeah. super lucky. Um, yeah, so I do want to. I just, I just want to call that out because I do. Sometimes it does seem very difficult. Sometimes it does seem like your listenership has dropped off because people aren't driving to work anymore, right. so they're not listening at that time. That's or, one of the reasons I stopped doing radio. I did it for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't listen to the radio. Like your habits, also. I do think it's incumbent upon us as creators to be mindful of the the winds of change mm-hmm. shifting, right? And yeah. yeah. And sometimes the wind is going to really be behind us and really like push us forward. And there's going to feel like there's a lot of uh, propellant behind you. And then it's going to start to slip away and you can let yourself um, kind of fall apart at that moment. And I I think um, I don't have an answer for that, (laughs) but I think some people have it in them to do 
the new and the different and that that if they were if they pay attention that they could kind of shift course a little bit i think you actually gave the perfect example with block 23 like you have this great idea you've envisioned it for however long and you get to the speed bump and it's like uh uh now what yeah and you had the tenacity and the willpower and the thoughtfulness and creativity to say okay like that's off the table so now what and you immediately kind of shifted direction got the wind behind you again and you were off and i think that um i think there's a valuable lesson there as well and now i'm off my soapbox sorry i talked for a long time so aaron i have a question for you yeah what's this podcast about (laughs) wait what (laughs) i mean (laughs) i'm kidding that was it was good yeah Yeah. uh you know uh, what's this specific episode about or just in in general i mean mean, you know and this this is really this is really fun because i you know i love having these long form crazy conversations you know but i also as a as a an empath and an entertainer i want to make sure i'm doing it right like (laughs) you're fine this is good are we talking about the right stuff you know so our tagline is conversations with creators right and at the end of the what the show started as this actually oddly wraps perfectly around (laughs) is tell me how you do the thing you do Mm. so that if other people wanted to do it they could do it as well and you would hear early on these conversations around like um so if my daughter wanted to get into it what what would you suggest you and that question kind of went away and it became more let's just talk let's just get let's just see how bo thinks about the world because i think i'm in look what you've done (laughs) great but i'm inspired by your thought process right like it challenges me it encourages me um it feeds me and that it just shifted i think over time into Mm -hmm. who are you it's more it is way more personal you know, and I think that's what a lot of people that if they know you, but they don't know you, this will be sort of a, a light. Well, and that's to that, that's exciting you know? because you know um, that's one of the things that I think a lot of creative people never get that ability to express mm-hmm. because a lot of their their work is you know interpretive or mm-hmm. for someone else. You know, right, and right. Uh, while it still can be self expression, most most careers everything they do is self expression, but it's always through a lens for whoever's uh, consuming that that right. thing. And you know, they don't get to sit down and really just because sometimes that thought process, like we've had for the past uh, hour and three minutes, is 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 complicated. It's mm-hmm. difficult. It's it's yeah. interesting, and you know. Um, we all wish that people would listen to us a little bit more. And so, you know, it's like, Oh my God, people are going to listen to this for an hour and hear and hopefully be better people. And yay. Well, you know, so you're not going to agree with everything that was said. Um, and, and you may want to like, you may be yelling at the speakers. Well, what about this? And, and, but like the dialogue can continue, right? Like there's no, you're constantly doing, uh, like kind of, Facebook live type stuff, right? Where you're talking to people and getting feedback. We're available to talk to you about it. And more importantly, mm-hmm. start having this conversation with the people around you. Uh, yeah. All right. Exactly. That's where the yeah. change and yeah. that's where the excitement happens is how did you inspire the audience and today? Conversations like exactly. not arguments. No, don't do that. That's our you know? job. If yeah. you have, if you start having conversations, who <laughs> if would you listen do it, to just us? Don't have a podcast about <laughs> it. Come on. Just, yeah. yeah. No, well, okay. <laughs> From from three guys sitting at microphones <laughs> that do podcasts, stop making podcasts, you guys. Yeah, you're no, making it. You're making us all look bad. It's my mission to encourage it. I have to encourage it. Yeah. 
No, I mean, it, you know, it's it's for every podcast you create, subscribe to 10, you know, uh, but honestly, do it. You yeah. know, I, I think that that's another thing of making yourself better <laughs> is knowing that there are people out there better than you and not mm-hmm. to go, well, I'm well, obviously they don't know squat because they're not me. It's like, well, they probably know way more squat than you, but learn from them and yeah. get better. You right. know, don't let it be a deterrent that you should never do it, but let it be an encouragement to where you can always get. Uh, you can grow. Yeah. And that's, I see that a lot. I see people give up way too quickly because someone out there is doing it better than them. Um, you know, and if that were the case, I would have quit the driving speaker box a long time ago because I mean, I feel like every week I'm struggling to get new subscribers when meanwhile, you know, Huffington post puts out an article going, I just saw, you know, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula for the first time getting ready for spooky season. And I'm like, what are you eight years old? Like, how did you not, how did you, how are you (laughs) writing a movie column weekly? And you've not, seen one of the most you know well done uh adaptations of that novel ever and you know and and i'm sitting here and and at first i get mad i'm like oh gosh why doesn't anybody watch my show you know but then i go okay it just means i gotta keep going because there are people out there that still need me and you know i gotta get better how do i get that better audience how do i grow yeah and how do I improve that product? Because the the need is still there and I'm still relevant. I just mm-hmm. can't. It's just harder to get that voice. And it is really hard nowadays to get your voice out there. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so yeah. it's so it's a job in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I, that's probably one of the reasons that a lot of these other things, you know, like later the TV show that I do with Jason Sewell later, later with Jason Sewell uh, and Bill Counts. But <laughs> anyway, one of the reasons that, you know, when our audience probably isn't as large as it could be is because it's a full it's it's two full time time jobs to make the show and it'd be another full-time job to constantly promote the show and by the time that creative process is over you're like okay we got an episode in the bag i am exhausted and you know what you need to do is like all right we got another episode in the bag now here's seven more days of like hyping it up and getting people and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's you get kicked down a lot because you're sitting there begging people to listen and you'll get like six or seven new likes that day or week or whatever it is Mm -hmm. and you know it can be very 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 discouraging but you gotta you gotta keep going yeah and there's a whole nother show on that i think you like making the thing is hard getting it in front of an audience is the actual work Mm -hmm. and it's uh we put way more time into audience um growing and nurturing mm-hmm. than we do actually even recording the show right or, or well, and that's lining the, up a guest that's the secret when you're sitting at home going um, you know, oh my gosh, this show's so terrible. I could do a better job. And, you know, how is it that all these people watch this and not the thing that I just started last week? And it's like, well, because these people are putting way more effort into getting people yeah. in front of it. There was a painting I saw. I don't remember who did it. Um, but I saw it, you know, online somewhere and, it, and it, I've always remembered it. And it was just, you know, kind of abstract color splatter on a canvas. You know, we've all seen it, but stenciled in and, and, and spray paint over it. It says, you're probably thinking that you could make this but you didn't. And <laughs> I was go. like, yeah. boom. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. awesome because yeah, absolutely. Anybody could probably do it, but you're sitting there talking about how you could do it when instead you should be just sitting there doing it. Yeah. Right. right. I, I've gotten a little more protective with some ideas because of some things over the last few years. Um, but generally I'm really like open. Geo cash box. Yeah. Yeah. Or far point, the pop-up bar. <laughs> but, uh, Generally speaking, I'm pretty open about it because my my thought process is go do it. Like mm-hmm. if you beat me to it, then you were just more like equipped you at it. the moment and had more energy than I did and you yeah. were more focused on it. And nine times out of ten, most people aren't going to get up and start 
a podcast or like we've encountered a couple shows that are almost there was a show that started like three months before us Mm -hmm. exact same thing two best friends that played in a band together that interviewed creative people around town Mm -hmm. they're outside houston and like we reached out to him and talked a little bit super great guys like they you know i listened to the show and like what do we do that's a little bit different and and uh we we even kind of like cross promoted a little bit because there's going to be some audience carryover you would think. And I think just treat it as an opportunity and treat it as a a way to kind of like, um, what, what do sure the world has had this thing before, whatever it is, but it's never had you and that thing before. Right. Right. And that combination can be magical. Yeah, that's yep. why I'm on this show is because I'm going to try and get all your audience. Like that's that's why <laughs> that's why I agreed to do this. All right, <laughs> well we'll trade you uh, one Crap, mom we didn't for this your stuff, didn't we? <laughs> yep, this will just come out as a the the most odd Make dragon speaker box episode ever. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> so now you're prepped, but. Aaron always likes to start a sentence at the end of the show, and you just right. have to finish it with whatever comes to oh, mind. And we're going to pretend totally like you have it already. Out. Did you? Yes. I did. Space. Good. Perfect. All right. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you take right. it. I wish I could. Oh man, um, that's right. That's what it was. <laughs> it was wish. like four days ago, Bo. <laughs> hey, do you know how much happens in four days in my life? It's crazy. Uh, I wish I could. It's like six. I can't count. That's not my job. Uh, I, I, I wish I could. Honestly, I wish I could get everybody to just have more empathy right now. Like that's that's what I wish yes. I could this week is, you know, um, this has uh, kind of been my battle cry for most of this pandemic. And especially this week, that's why it's so fresh is, you know, empathy is something that, you know, we've talked and touched on a little bit during the show, but I think it is so important in understanding the human condition and what other people are going through, both positive and negative. I know we've been laughing a whole lot during the show and it's been great. Um, but, you know, going on all around us, there's freaking fire tornadoes in California. There's a hurricane down in the, you know, the Gulf. Uh, there's a pandemic stretching the globe. There's, you know, people getting evicted with no eviction, eviction moratoriums. There's no tenant rights in Arkansas. There's, you know, uh, corporations are getting stronger than they ever have been. And, 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 you know, a lot of this problem is caused by people not being able to understand someone else's problems. And, you know, I think that, you know, everyone's like, well, I got problems too. And it's like, you're damn right. We all have problems and problems scale. You know, ever since I was a kid, which seemed like a really weird thing for kids to think about. I was like, well, there's starving children in Africa. And I was like, yeah, you know, there are starving children in Africa, but to make their problems more important than mine or yours or anyone else's, everyone has problems. You know, that starving kid in Africa probably has an amazing community of people that love and care about each other where, you know, this kid that may have, you know, three meals on the table has an abusive parent or you know a family that's falling apart and are you saying that that kid just because he gets to eat every day is having a happier better life than the 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 kid that doesn't know where his meals are coming from it's like problem scale and it takes empathy to see those things it takes empathy to understand when a small business owner is struggling and not go well they own their small business i don't own a business it's like quit looking in other people's bowls and measuring what's inside that bowl and think about the fact that you're both people with bowls that need stuff in them you know and and yeah i wish i could just show the world more empathy there we go i didn't mean to get it so dark and deep but no that was that was good yeah i don't know I'm, i tend to pontificate uh in in long-winded spouts when prompted to do so um but yeah you know that's that's that one 
<laughs> also like totally different than yeah. the last one that I now can't remember, but I'm going to compare later. Nope, this <laughs> is, no, it was good. And, and I, awesome. and I agree with you. Um, Empathy is never going to hurt anybody, right? No. It is the no. safest gift. <laughs> It'll make you uncomfortable for certain, but yeah. it's not going to hurt you. It, it will enhance you in ways that mm-hmm. you'll, you know, uh, hopefully understand. You know, yeah. you may not understand now, but, you know, being able to feel someone else's pain uh, or happiness mm-hmm. is 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 a gift um, that, that everyone needs to experience, uh, you True. know, and not just people that are entertainers or creators or whatever. I think if someone has a neighbor or a family member or a significant other, having empathy will improve your life exponentially. Um, and so, you said the right thing again. Like it's n- empathy. I think sometimes we think of empathy as like I feel for you, but you feel with as well, right? So you get the highs too. It's not oh, yeah. just like oh right. I I'm here right. for you when you're sad. Like celebrate other people's success. That's celebrate sympathy. Other, like, There's a different word for that yeah. even. Mm-hmm. That, fair enough. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Empathy is the whole <clears throat> spectrum. It's not just this one thing. It's experiencing yeah. it as if it were your own. Yeah. Or remembering where you came from yeah. and the experiences you had that were similar, if not the same. Yeah. You know? And putting, putting yourself, yourself in someone's mm-hmm. shoes, you know? Exactly. I mean, walking a mile. It's it's yeah. it's important. It's the golden rule, you know, uh, treat, do unto others as they do unto you. That's empathy, man. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme, my dude. Right. Like, yes, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Just like, I'm also, gonna, not do unto others as they would do unto you. Do unto others as you like, want Treat them. others as you would like yeah. to be treated, or, right? right. <laughs> or, or let's speak in another movie parable. Uh, be excellent to each other and party on. Yes. Like, oh, I almost forgot that. That's dudes. such, that, there. just live by that. Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Cullen.